That's where the magic happens. Oh, we don't mess around. Do your fart stink. We have a producer that's like, uh, I can't put that in, you guys. That's just super weird. It makes me really lonely to podcast alone. It's me, Amy Vallejo, with Social Creative Conversations. I don't know if you're new to Social Creative Conversations or if you join us for regular dialogues, but either way, I'm so glad to have you with us today. Our space explores the women behind many creative brands. We connect through conversation and stories because, as you well know, we are more than just a pretty little tile on a social media platform. We live full lives with the complexities and beauty to share, to learn, and to grow from. And my hope is the sharing of our lives and learnings deepens our connections so much greater. Well, hello everyone. It is so good to be with you today. Thank you for joining. I have a very special treat for you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. There was so much silliness that happened in this podcast episode. I can't even. And also, it's coming off of the heels of me watching a lot of the show alone. Has anyone seen this? It is History Channel's series of 10 survivalists who go out for 100 days and they have to live off the land. I mean, it is extreme, extreme weather, extreme you know, finding food every day and everything and just being alone. Can you imagine being alone for 100 days? Anyways, I am engaging in conversation with my dear friends, Ashley Rodriguez and Chris Barron, who actually both of them talk about being alone and what it would be like to camp alone and all of the survivalist and outdoor eating fun. They're not avid survivalists in the same sense as alone, but they are well on their way. You all know Ashley from Not Without Salt. Not Without Salt is a longtime cooking blog, but Ashley is also the author of two cookbooks. And did you hear? There's a third on the way. She is a longtime collaborator of many dinners that you may have sat at and a longtime collaborator of social creative workshops. And you may not be as familiar with Chris, but he is an award-winning filmmaker and storyteller for his own video production company, Baron Visuals. His work has been featured in documentaries such as Food, Inc. and Intervention. These two siblings come from a long line of entrepreneurs, and they are well onto their way in making their own name for themselves in their industries. Together, they've teamed up to share the beauty, the magic, and the stories of the outdoors with us. Kitchen Unnecessary is an award-winning and James Beard-nominated series of shows that bring to you the magic of cooking outdoors with being outdoors. Along the way, Ashley brings on guests that she learns from. These are experts in their field or powerful influences and voices in the outdoor world. Everything from foraging to fishing to hunting, they have done it all and they travel around to different locations, making incredible food and learning new skills along the way. Being outside and cooking does not have to be tricky and they show you easy ways to make the most of seasonal items. Ashley's the face of Kitchen Unnecessary but Chris is always behind the scenes leading and telling the story as you'll hear in our conversation. These two siblings have so much fun together and guess what? Kitchen Unnecessary started, as you can imagine, outdoors cooking over a fire on a family camping trip. Thanks for joining this fun conversation. I warn you, these siblings, there could be some fart jokes, but also there's a lot of heart talk because if anything is true, They're very passionate about what they do. Let's jump in. All right. What are we doing? Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for... This is my official podcast voice, by the way. Are we live? Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me on this Social Creative Conversations podcast. I do appreciate you coming. Yeah, it's uh, so sultry. Well, Chris, I can't. I can't imagine you've actually listened to any of the podcast episodes. Our our purpose. I've I've, I've listened to every one. 
yep. multiple times. I've deciphered all the the messaging. Yeah. Everything. Well, I got it all. No, I haven't listened to it. I'm sorry. You of course know that the purpose of social creative is to is to feature local women and mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. the ones well, that are you know, leading creative brands and sharing their incredible stories about what they're doing and um, I'll, I'll remain silent. Yeah, finding out the behind the scenes. But you know what? Here's the thing is we do make exceptions because Jake's okay. been on twice. Oh, oh. So for incredible, exceptional people, we make exceptions. So thank you. Thank you for being on. You and Jake. No, 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 no. Two honorary men. I love it. Well, I thought that I would share a little bit of how I know you two hooligans, uh, my fellow duchies. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, am, of course, really good friends with Ashley. And Chris, I know you and Ashley, actually. Well, you're not, we're not good friends. I mean, we are good friends. We did just hang out. We did just hang out. but I know both of you from from high school and earlier days and mm-hmm. from family connections. And we both come from the same hood, per se. Uh, <laughs> Can we you both call come it from a the hood? Whatcom, from the Whatcom County. Yeah. Um, and now we live here. And Ashley, I've had the opportunity to collaborate with you on a various many workshops that we've done here. I've been able to help you in your own work projects. Um, and so that's super, been super fun. But we're here to really find out more about Kitchen Unnecessary, which is something that you both do together. And Ashley, you're going to be joining us at the freedom movement that we have coming uh, up in yes. August, which I'm Can't so wait. excited about. It's the one we, we have to come. Disco. Can you be an honorary male guest? A, have you ever done a silent disco, Chris? Um, I don't no. think I've ever. Jake, Jake has, and he loved it. I don't think I've ever seen Chris move in a dancey sort of a way. <laughs> have you ever danced? I, I'm going to just remain quiet on that one do have some moves, but yeah. Okay. Well, it's super fun. And I'm really excited to have you talking about foraging and, and all that stuff that you've been learning just through your own eco ministry stuff. But guys, the, since this looks at sort of a little bit of the behind the scenes, since we all, we do more than just podcasting, we have pretty full lives full of all the things I would love to hear maybe just for the people at home who are like, wait, where are they? Are they all in Amy's son's closet? No, 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 we are not. We should be. Give a brief snapshot because we are recording right now in the morning on a Friday. Give us a brief snapshot on what your morning has looked like, where you are, and then a little bit about you. Let's have Chris yes. kick us off, please. Okay. Yes. Um. Well, here I am sitting in my office, which yes. is like the back room in our house in North Seattle. Yes. Um, which is, uh, you know, because of the pandemic, I moved here and it's been quite lovely, actually. I love it. So I don't think yeah. I'm going back to the office. Um, this morning, I've been on phone call since 8 a.m. Oh, my gosh. Um, with uh, a couple clients on the East Coast. Um, yeah. So and what do that you is do? because I have a video production company. Yes. And um you know, that kind of started maybe 12 years ago when we moved to Seattle back from Los Angeles, where I worked in documentary film and television. No, I mean, okay. so you're a filmmaker, right? I am a filmmaker. I you're specialize in documentary films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked on Food Inc., which was mm-hmm. kind of, of a seminal film, getting everybody frustrated with their factory food situation we have here. And then I worked on Intervention, which was a documentary series on A&E about addiction. Yeah. And then usually everybody knows. Of which he was nominated for Emmy. I like how he he doesn't share that. But thank you. Ashley shares that part. You know, like I said. I'll I'll stand in for mom right here. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Proud mama. You are uh, a phenomenal filmmaker. You're also a dad. Right. I got yes. Three. 
Speaking I'm a normal of, dad, his a phenomenal filmmaker. Just walked by. Oh yeah, I need she's to call at, my kids and my let house. them know that I'm going to pick them up. What do you love to do? Do you love, I mean, like me, Kitchen Unnecessary is all about the outdoors. So what do you love? I love do? my job. Mm-hmm. I love it. it. It fits my personality. I'm very much like just so curious about a vast array of things. And my job absolutely fulfills that for me. You know, one day it's like in a cadaver lab, you know, filming <laughs> surgeons so and crazy. researchers. And then the next day it'll be, you know, in a factory, you know, you know, kind of changing the way buildings are built or it's just all yeah. over the place. So it fuels that sort of insatiable, oh, feeds that insatiable curiosity that I mm. seem to have. How about you, Ashley? I don't think anyone knows you. So could you, you want me to do it, Ashley? We should have done each other's having. Yeah. Oh man. Ashley's a little, she's five years younger. That's right. I'm the the youngest. She's the favorite. Do you think so? You're also Mm. siblings for those people who don't know. You also have another. So you come from a family of three. Mm -hmm. And so you are two of the three siblings. Okay, Ash, why don't you share a little bit about my day? Yeah, give us a a teeny. I've I've only been on call since wrapped up a call, which is why I was a little bit late with um, this woman who's helping me work on my next book proposal. So that was exciting. exciting. Um, And I, yeah, so I am a writer, occasionally a photographer, and um, like Chris, very curious and sort of have set up my career around ways in which I can read, learn. Uh, and I'm a very passionate person. So when I am excited about something, then I want to share it with other people. And so that's kind of mm-hmm. the very exciting and fun process that I get to kind of, yeah, be involved in. And that leads to a lot of other things too, of cooking for dinners, uh, collaborating with fun people like you, Amy, and, um, and my brother, which is really awesome. We found, you know, our shared interest and a shared desire to want to encourage and inspire people to get outside um, and using food as sort of the way to get people excited about that. So that's been yeah. really, really fun. So, yeah, like I said, I'm going to head down to the beach. I've got two of my nieces here, which has been so fun. Sort of like your family, Amy, our family is it's pretty incredible, but the cousins are all such good friends and Oh my like, gosh. Especially so during the summer. Yeah, it's so amazing. They just want to be at each other's houses all summer long. So being an aunt or an uncle is different than parenting. Yeah. There's a lot of oh, there's yeah. a freedom in it and you just get to like just fully enjoy them. Um, we uh Gabe wanted to see how many chicken nuggets you could order at McDonald's last night. So we got 60. I think you oh, could really? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And they were gone in like five minutes. I'm also making strawberry jam this morning, which I'm really excited about because uh, the kids helped me pick 45 pounds of raspberries oh, and strawberries word. this week. So, And thank you so much. I'm going to pepper in questions Ooh. that were sent in from mm-hmm. our audience, from our oh. our audience of like, what, three? I have like three people who listen. Wait, do I know them? <laughs> I'm not saying. Okay. And even if I did say, who's to say if it was me or Ashley, because I represent my audience as well. <laughs> I listen to my yeah. own podcast. I'm one of the three who listen. Okay. Um, Chris, if you weren't making films, what would you be doing? Oh, that's, that's, that's a, a great good question. question. I've what? thought about this actually. Well, I wanted to be, I've, I've had many, you know, many different endeavors in my head. I wanted to be a surgeon actually for a little bit, but before that I wanted to be an astronaut, of course. I think before that I was a baseball player, Mm. but uh, like seriously though, I think professional sticker collector too though. Yeah. Yeah. I think (laughs) I could work in food, like a chef kind of thing or a furniture maker, something that like is this bridge between like technical and artistry craftsman yeah. of some sort yeah 
So if you that's basically doing, like what your alter ego was when you when you came to the alter ego party, a little bit more like woodsy, but you just like tinkered and built stuff, right? Wait, yeah, who yeah, were I, you? A lumberjack? I don't know. Well, remember. I just wanted an excuse to buy Carhartt overalls, honestly. Uh, um in our family, Carhartt's and um hardware sales from Millingham. Hardware oh, sales my t-shirts favorite store are the two as a things kid. that like every like it gets bought on repeat as the kid. Wait, I need to get a t-shirt from there. Oh gosh. I mean I've never like had one. A dozen. It's my kids' oh. favorite thing. Thank you, Paca, for that. Aww. Oh yeah, yeah, you have a Paca too. That's yeah, right. we do. We do have a Paca. Well, let's talk about could you not necessary. Let's talk about your working relationship. You're both entrepreneurs. She wants some dirt. You're both entrepreneurs, right? Is that in your genes? Does that come from your parents? Where do you think that that comes from? It's deep. It's deep in our genes. I mean, our grandfather came over to the U.S. when he was 18, not speaking a word of English. And by the time he was in his 40s, he was a multimillionaire owning multiple businesses, construction, hotels. I mean, and he, so he basically we're a business disappointing he him. Had... Yeah. <laughs> this is a huge, no, but it's, no, it's not, <laughs> it's not about the financials. It's just the, the, like, I mean, he had a, a music store. He had a radio station, KLYN, still going strong oh, in Linden. I didn't know that. It's named yep. after my aunt. My. It's named Kaylin. after our aunt, Kaylin. Yep. I mean, he would, he was an entrepreneur back in the Netherlands too. He would yeah. like, um, you know, even like during the war, he was helping to fix radios and things like that. So, um, and you look at, you look at our family and it's it, like, there's, there's a lot of yeah self-employed, mm-hmm. a lot of businesses. A lot of, I mean, I see it in, in, especially my oldest kid too. I see yeah. that spirit within them. So. Oh, yeah, I was going to say a lot of the uncles, too. They all had businesses. They all have businesses. Our dad started multiple businesses. It was just kind of like, once you see that, that's like, oh, that's what you're supposed to do. Uh, Yeah. You you know, you don't go just go find a job. You make a job. No, of course. Of course. Well, it's this kind you know, I think the messaging that we received in our family was figure out what you're curious about, what you're passionate about, and make that your you know, that's part of your, your calling in a sense, mm-hmm. right? Like if, if like there's something that you're excited about, that's, you got to listen to that and say, okay, that's part of the reason why I was put on this earth is to do something related to that. And it, and thankfully it's both really worked out well for you guys. I mean, yeah. you know, you get to do something. That's the ultimate dream, right? Is like you get to do something that you love, enjoy doing, and then can make a little bit of dollar with it right so yeah that's awesome for your family yeah um sometimes we feed the kids yeah 60 chicken nuggets so how about the outdoor life is this did you guys go camping as kids where's this love for the outdoors and camping where does that come from in your story chris Okay. Um, <laughs> just gonna go. We did go camping. Yeah. We did go camping as a family. I think the way I remembered it was we went camping a lot. And then I think I was reminded that our parents actually didn't go quite as much as we did because we had neighbors across the streets that would take us on these massive, like 10 day long camping trips. Yeah. And then my, my, you know, my dad would join in and my mom would join in for part of that. But I don't, yeah, it was always, it was always there, but it, I mean, we weren't like a huge camping family. We didn't go on hikes and we didn't do a lot of that stuff. But yeah. It seems like just from your messaging from Kitchen as Necessary, it's not, you don't have to be a backpacker or an avid no. hiker. It is the primary message that I've, I'll tell you I've received is just get outdoors. Mm-hmm. Get outdoors. Yeah. Like, and it's never too late too. Like I right. think, you know, for me, yeah, I, ha- I have those, those like poignant memories of we've lived with 
beautiful wooded back backyard and just wandering through the woods and finding huckleberries and like popping those in my mouth. You know, so I have those memories to to draw from, but I I then kind of wandered away from that and then through Kitchen Unnecessary and and you know, Chris and I um with our all of our family, we go on a camping trip every summer just for a few days. And that's something that it's like we wanted to cement those memories into our children's lives as well. And then doing that has been reminded me brought me back to those memories of oh I loved doing this mm-hmm. and I just want more and more of it mm-hmm. um and so that has been you know like really it was in my mid 30s that I really rediscovered my love of the outdoors and just have been fueling that passion and that curiosity ever since mm-hmm. making up for lost time is what it feels like I'm like oh my gosh I need to do all these things yeah I still can yeah yeah absolutely well, why don't you tell us a little bit about how the journey with Kitchen Unnecessary started? Where did it come from? Where was the aha moment? Who was the first <gasps> the Oprah aha moment. Oh, aha moment. Yeah. Yes. Tell us about where it got incepted from. We were sitting around a campfire, actually. Um, it was on one of our it was on one one of our family camping trips. And and you know me, wherever I go, I I do like to eat good food and the occasional chicken nugget. Um, so as we, you know, we're doing these camping trips, I was like, I just started pushing myself more and more to see what I could cook over the fire. And this one particular trip, I think we had like braised chicken thighs and like a creamy Dijon sauce. And I made fire pit Fontina with shallots and tomatoes and threw in some cheese. And we're all standing around the fire, dipping like Costco pretzel buns into this melty cheese. Mm. And Chris and I had done some things together, but we started really dreaming about it then of like, well, we should, this could be, this could be something, what would it look like? And, and we were also growing a curiosity about wild foods and wanting to do more mushroom foraging and, um, that kind of stuff. And so that's, it just sort of evolved from there. Right. That sounds right. That sounds right. I think that trip, you know, like (laughs) that trip was in August and then by November of that same year, we filmed our first episode with, um, with Daniel Winkler trying to find chanterelles. So did you know exactly what it was going to be at that moment or like, oh yes, Chris, you're going to- We still don't know exactly what it's going to be. (laughs) (laughs) Look at this. I mean, now you have a podcast. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Mm. No, we didn't know what it was going to be. I mean, I think the, the, you know, the heart of the premise was like this idea of like, hey, this isn't normal camp food, but why not? Right. Like this is- you know, you can have your hot dogs and hamburgers. I love that around the fire, but also like elevating it to a higher level is um, not that difficult. It's pretty amazing. And it, you know, anything that would get people more excited to get outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also this idea, like, I think the thing that kind of bothered me about like the Pacific Northwest, everybody stays inside during the winter and during the fall and sometimes in the spring when it's rainy, but there's so many different things that are popping up or different. Uh, yeah. There's, there's something that each season has to offer that I, I just started learning about like squid fishing in the winter and things that like would get me excited about getting outside in the cold and the rain. Like we should, yeah. Inspire people to get outside all <laughs> the whole year, not just, mm-hmm. you know, the summer months when yeah. we're camping. I love that. I totally agree. Like I think sometimes with camping, you know, you go to your old standards, which are hot dogs, hamburgers. I mean, talking about car camping and stuff, but Mm -hmm. I think oftentimes people are, they don't know. It feels tricky. It feels hard to be like, to go outside of those boundaries of what is known as camping food. And so just to be able to see someone doing that and see that it's actually not as hard as you think. And it, it, and that, and you can do so much with just a couple of ingredients done mm-hmm. really beautifully over the fire and also sort of bringing back where you can in campsites over the fire cooking. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's, you know, like that's, that's where it started. And that was kind of that thread that we were following. And then you go, and then you just start going down all these rabbit holes too, of like, why what is it about cooking over a fire that makes me feel so like there's something deep that happens within and why do I love it so much? And then you start looking into like, 
our own, you know, the ancestry. And, and this is many, many cultures for thousands of years have been, this is, this has been the way that they've been preparing food. And so then you, you know, so you just start following all these threads and, and, and wild foods too. Why is it important and what is growing and what can we eat? And, you know, like, I don't know, you just, the, the more you learn, the more questions you have. And so we just kind of keep on following these different threads. And so I, it just feels like an endless opportunity of, of curiosity and questions. And it's just, for me, it gets more and more exciting the deeper we get into it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And just even talking to the seasonality of things and what is available just in our backyards, you know, uh, throughout all of the seasons and how you can use those in, in your cooking and how easy that can be. Um, mm-hmm. and that in itself elevates your food. Cause it's totally outside yeah. the box of what you may be doing. Yeah. Not to mention it's so much better for you and for the earth to eat that way. Yeah, exactly. I actually, we had a question come in just talking about foraging and Pacific Northwest. First time caller, long time listener. First first time caller, long time listener. (laughs) Tell me some easily foraged items in your backyard, either Pacific Northwest specific, or maybe some that are universally found wherever people may be listening from. What comes to your mind? Well, we're in summer right now. So why don't you just think about summer? Oh, Oh, you can still do nettles, maybe. You Um, could do nettle pollen. I mean, stinging nettles is a really, that's like the gateway to get you into foraging because they they grow everywhere. They're super abundant. And it it freaks people out. It's just like, (laughs) yeah, because it stings. You could eat stinging nettles. Oh, can I share something really quick? I just found out. So did you, when you got a nettle sting, did you do the old school, like baking, was it baking powder, baking soda? With water no, paste that you would like burn. put all over your body. I would do, I would do sword burn. Oh. That was my thing. I just learned that. I did not know that you could yeah. oh, just make a sword fern. I was like, well, that's a lot or horse tail, <laughs> messy always, than yeah. baking soda all over yeah. your body. No, I don't know if it like actually works or if it's just like a placebo that some parent was like, oh yeah, totally. Just rub this right. on and it works. Don't you feel a lot better? But so, so stinging nettles for, yeah. yeah. Stinging nettles for the greens, you actually want to get them. They they start popping. It's like one of the first things, which is also first, another yeah. reason why I love it because it's like, you know, my birthday is in early like, March. And usually what I do on my birthday is I go and forage a big basket full of stinging nettles because just when they're, you know, about like six inches from the ground, then you can snip them and um, they're delicious. You would use them anywhere you would use a green. But this time of year, now they're starting to flower and seed, but you can eat the seeds. You can... Um, the pollen is also really good, but also a friend of mine who's a incredible gardener was just saying that, uh, if you actually gather them now and let them kind of ferment, which she said is very stinky, mix it with water and, um, spray it as a fertilizer. So mm. as with most edibles and medicinals, they, they, you know, they go both ways. And so some people getting, get into the foraging for the medicinal and it's often edible and vice versa. I've noticed that my allergies are a lot lighter this year. And, and I, there's a part of me that wonders if that's because I ate, I've been eating so many nettles. Mm-hmm. So there's that, but, but this time of year specifically, I mean, uh, this is the, this is the gardening season. And so things are growing like crazy in the garden. But what I love to encourage people to do is, you know, not just look at the typical, what we, you know, like I've got a huge sage plant that's growing and, and of course you, you know, you can dry the sage and all of that, but it, it's flowering and it's so beautiful and the flowers are incredibly delicious. And so thinking about how we can utilize the whole plant and it's a fun way of, through the cooking process and, and also getting the most out of the plant. Yeah. But foraging st- st- is, tends to be a bit, a bit lighter in the, like the mushrooms are, you know, you have to get up pretty high into the mountains right now to get any mushrooms. Um, you can go elderflowers are abundant right now. And then you get into the, the oh. forage berries. There's a lot and, of berries out right now. Yeah. Yeah. So salmon berries and, and yeah. Yeah. No, I just, love the idea just learn a couple of the berries and teach your kids and it that makes it makes getting them outside easier and going for a hike because it has like this purpose to it 
Yeah. <laughs> Rather yeah. than why are we just walking? It's like, no, no, no. We're foraging. We're on a treasure hunt. <laughs> we're on yeah. an adventure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, gosh, I've done that in my own backyard of just the accessibility that we have, even through like summer obviously is easier because of the bounty that you can be growing with, you know, produce that's flowering. So many things that you don't have to travel two and three hours to, or get up at the crack of dawn to go forage. There's a lot that even just from this, you know, obviously I missed the spruce tip tip. <laughs> but uh-huh. um, If you want to go for a hike in the mountains, we can still go find some. Yeah. But I mean, that would have been pretty accessible, you know, like. Oh, absolutely. Spruce tips, fur tips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Chris, I was looking at your tagline for Baron visuals and I just loved it. Uh, you say inspiring change through film as someone who does films, uh, (laughs) and storytelling being such a huge part of it. I mean, you're an excellent storyteller by what you put together. What do you hope to tell the story of as you're putting together these films for Kitchen Unnecessary? What are you thinking through mm-hmm. in like the story that you want to share with people as they're <laughs> viewing? Because they have been, they are exceptional and they're so breathtaking. Um, but also there's like a really great story in each one of them. Mm. That's a beautiful question, Amy. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um what is the tagline again? Inspiring. What, Wait, what is your inspiring. own tagline? <laughs> <laughs> what was that tagline I put inspiring in? The, inspiring change, change through, through film. film. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'll kind of go first to like every time we think of an episode or have an idea, I always have, I nail this idea of like it's character, character, character. Like mm-hmm. I don't care like what the forage thing is so much the first question is always like, well, we need to find the person and then right. see what, what they're passionate about. Finding the people that you connect with and then the stories are always, hopefully you can walk in their shoes a little bit and see the mm-hmm. world through how they see it and then get inspired that way. Mm-hmm. A, a amazing filmmaker always, he told me years ago and I always repeat it now, is like the most important things are character, access, and then story. Like mm. in that order, like I think a lot access? of people think like, oh, stories, access meaning like it can be you're seeing something that not a lot of people get to see mm. or your or access to their emotional side that maybe they don't share, you know, just access yeah. Yeah, emotionally and to that. You do know one of the characters of Kitchen Unnecessary pretty well. Yeah. Sometimes she doesn't give me access. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> emotional yeah right no, I'm just kidding. did you hear me scream when <laughs> i caught that fish in montana me. yeah exactly yeah <laughs> when that moose was shot i was like oh yeah well and you're so you're behind this like ashley is should we just call her the face of kitchen unnecessary is that like she's the face and the talent you're behind the scenes right. feeding it putting the storyline together and everything but you know I have listened to your own podcast. It's Mm -hmm. quite good, you guys. It's quite good. But Chris, I actually love that it almost feels like you have a little, you're a little bit more in the foreground instead of the background. Oh, in the podcast? Yes. As opposed to the video? Yes. Yeah, we've talked about it going back and forth of sort of having the like break the wall and me being involved a little bit more, but. Because it's we'll so see. unique that we're brother and sister. I think that's I think that's part of the story, right? It is, like, and you bring your own perspective to things. Mm-hmm. For you, it's interesting just to hear your take on it and what your eyes are seeing, because that's a totally mm-hmm. different filter. But it's really lovely to see how you guys work together as a sibling, like as the, the dynamic duo. It's really fun, and it makes it for really fun listening and and just getting those different perspectives. And it, it is really fun. Though. We have a great time. I yeah, have a great time do. doing it. Yeah, no, we yeah. totally do. Really and fun. and you know, like sibling relationships is one of the most unique. Groups. Like, who else can say, I've known you your entire life? Right. And, you, you know, like, 
growing up together and you understand the dynamics more than anyone else of, of your entire history. And that's, that's pretty special, but there's also, you know, there's, so I'm going to ask a question that actually came in from an actual, an actual, actual person, not a sister, um, not you, not not Ashley. Uh, Were you always close or did you become closer when Chris married someone awesome? (laughs) Oh, yes. And it wasn't from your wife. Question. It wasn't? No, it was not from your wife. No. Uh, So I'd love to hear, um, you know, the first part of like, hmm. have you always been really close? You come from a family of three and there's a lot of uh, distant, I mean, there's six years in between you, right? Mm-hmm. And I just speaking from like my six? own um, oh. relationship with my younger sister, um, it was kind of hard because we went through different life stages at totally different times. And that, you know, when you go through life phases at the same time, it can kind of like bond you in a way. And so I'm just curious, like, Growing up, were you always really close? Have you become closer as the years have gone on? Obviously, having something that you're working on together and building together can, you know, bind you together even closer. But um, why don't you talk a little bit about your and and don't give us just the like the good rosy stuff. I want to hear all the. Bro- oh no! This Who do you want go to go dark. first? <laughs> Real let's dark. Have, let's get. What let's are you uh, afraid of, Chris? Yeah. I'm not afraid of anything. I, that's the, my problem is oversharing. Okay. So you might have to edit. Some problem. Stuff out, but. Well, Chris, no, have I, you guys always been close? No. Yeah. I mean, she's five, six years younger. So yeah. I mean, just, you know, I'm in high school and she, you know, just entering junior high or something, you know, it's just, it's hard that age yeah. to be close. We're very different in our, um, yeah. And our experiences and things and like personalities, that. So, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, our personalities have, are fairly. We have some similarities. I think we, um, yeah, for sure, and similar interests and and similar perspectives on sort of how we see the world, and but we approach it differently, or maybe it comes from also it comes from a different place of of seeing. Yeah, I would. Agree. I was always we, accused of farting in Ashley's face. I don't remember that at all. He doesn't, he hasn't shoved me into a couch and farted on my face oh, um, that's since what childhood. Was. Yeah. Yeah. I I, we just, I, yeah. We, had, we were living in different orbits um, yeah. a lot of the time in the house and just, but I would say, I would say, yes, we, we weren't super close. I felt like he, yeah, he, we were in different worlds and I was even telling Gabe this, this funny story, which I have, you know, like now having three kids and two boys and a girl, like it is really interesting to kind of get a different look as to what our lives were growing up. Although our, my kids are all two years apart, but um, you know, there was one time I remember being in the front seat in the car and um, I think it was Jeff and his friends, actually, they were riding in the back seat and I was like with, with my sunglasses on, like turning to the back and like, try, you know, just being like that, obnoxious little sister who's like trying to trying to get in with their buddies and all of all of that so I can see I can see why there wasn't a closeness you know it's there's an interesting thing that happens right as you get older the age difference starts to kind of get thinner thinner and that veil starts closing a bit and our circle of friends started kind of intermeshing yeah um and I think like we got close this Chris I'd be curious to hear what you said but I felt like there was a closeness when he started seeing me as a peer and not as his little sister. Wait, when did that happen? Uh-huh. Honestly, <laughs> I was, I felt like I was around 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. Um, yeah. Like, <laughs> no, I think it was before that. We overlapped, I think, in Los Angeles. Um, and I think yeah. that's probably when. Um, oh, yeah, you had that common where you're, right? Yeah, you were there for a little bit. I was there. But whoever asked this question and brought up his beautiful wife is is also correct. Like his wife is one of my dearest friends and yours too, yeah. Amy. And that that has been helpful for sure. And um, you know, if if Chris starts talking to me like I'm his little sister again, Deborah sticks up for me. So that's nice too. At when you're in your younger life, uh there's 
you know, even just with those logistics of, well, I'm in school now and you're not in the same school that I am in. And then by the time you get into high school, like by the time my younger sister got into high school, I was gone and out of the house. So we were doing completely different. We were really trying to figure ourselves out, you know, like I was and going through that transitional stage. And once you become an adult and maybe that's like, even at 30, it's like age is not really a thing anymore. Yeah. It's like, Oh, now all of our friends are kind of mixing together. Um, you know, and I mean, honestly, I, I've shared on the, when we did the, we, the makers that Ashley, I didn't even know you were friends with my younger sister, but I didn't know you at all. You were my friend, my sister's younger sister. You had a sleepover at my house. And I was like, it was my very first sleepover. It was at Amy's house. And I just remember her like getting mad at us. And again, it's like little siblings, right? Like, what are you doing in my room? Totally. Like, oh gosh, I hope I wasn't the mean big sister. Although I'm sure I was. You know, and now, you know, and I know it's so life is so, so crazy in that way and how we grow and evolve. And yeah. Yeah. So once, you know, like LA maybe was your like bringing back together and now it's like, you've got families who are going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, kids, similar ages, and that just helps to, you know, kind of mesh you guys together as well. And now you're doing all these amazing projects and really appreciating the gifts and talents that each one of you has. I actually had a question. I'd love to have Ashley ask this of Chris or speak to this of Chris and Chris ask of Ashley. I'd love to hear what strength Ashley does Chris have that you admire the most? Mm. Oh man. Honestly, there's, there's a lot that is spinning in my head right now. I think, um, Oh, that's really nice. Just even speaking to your collaboration in business, right? Like, yeah, I, you are picking a partner to work with is a big thing. And that can be a very, it can be a big decision. So the first thing that came to my head was his empathy. Mm. And I think that is what makes him an excellent storyteller is mm. that he wants to get in to the heart of the story of the character and he feels it deeply and he wants others to feel it deeply um, and be moved and changed by that. And he's always reminding me of, you know, wanting to make sure that what we are putting out there is accessible to all, wanting to make sure that you know, who are we speaking to? Can they relate to this? What are we trying to do? How, and, and his deep desire to make a shift on this planet, um, by telling people's stories and making sure that especially those who are marginalized and in hurting and in pain, they get their stories told. And then he, and, and that is such an incredible tool for helping all of us increase our empathy. Yeah. Which is what we need more in this world. Yeah. How about you, Chris? What do you admire the most of Ashley? I was going to say just her ability to make a good cake, but now I feel like after (laughs) that, I have to. (laughs) No, I think it's, I think it's this understanding and then like the drive to bring people together through, I mean, it's been through food a lot, but making like the gathering of people like special yeah really putting the weight that you know when people are together that that carries a lot of you know importance and we need to come together more yeah and usually that's through like making amazing food because it's a vehicle to just bring people together to you know you know have us all connect I mean I was just thinking of Gabe's birthday party that we're all at and like that's a lot of work that goes kind of underappreciated when you put a big event Mm -hmm. together Cause we just get a feel like as guests and we just get a feel like the, Oh, this is really cool. But then you start to think like this connection that we're feeling right now is hard work. And it's because someone. For- it's because it's the you know, you put time and effort mm-hmm. into making that, making the things connect. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Creating well, that space. That's nice. Thanks. That's awesome. And that's, I mean, that's what you do so well too. With all those. Yeah. There's know, a lot. It's so great social. about our like, friend communities like there's Mm -hmm. a lot of that 
Yeah. Well, so you guys collaborate together, but you also collaborate with a lot of other guests. And I was thinking about who am I inspired by in the outdoor world and who do I, and I think we all, we all know that I would do anything and everything. And I'm in complete love with Bear Grylls. I would, he's my dream adventurist. I would go anywhere with you, Bear. <laughs> I didn't know that. Now oh, we have yeah. Bear Grylls. Oh, oh yeah. It's deep. Oh my it's gosh. Deep. My love for him runs deep. Which is kind of cute because Jake and Bear Grylls kind of look a alike. So I don't know. I mean, there was this one episode where bear was wearing, bear was wearing British skivvies crossing a river. He was only in British skivvies. And I was like, Oh my God, I couldn't even have Jake be in the same room with me. I was like, you need to leave. Cause this is all too much for me right now. And also and go I get also some skibbies on. Six pack of British skibbies. <laughs> yeah. If you can find a Friesland Friesian. flag, Friesian flag okay. on a pair of underwear, I could bump Jake up on the list higher than Bear. We'll see. Whoa! I know. In the outdoor world, for speaking creatively, and who inspires? Is there someone that inspires you as much as Bear inspires me? Who is someone that inspires you in the outdoor? When you're thinking of the world that you've created with Kitchen Unnecessary, who is your inspiration? Before we jump to this, I want to say something. I have a, I'm pitching an idea to Bear Grylls. Maybe he's listening because of all this talk. But I always oh, wanted to do a cooking show with Bear Grylls called Bear Grills It, where he oh actually God. doesn't grill it. He just eats it raw. Oh, my gosh. So if you're listening, call me. Repeat all right. Here. Who's answering this question? Oh, uh, okay. Who's um, I would go... The like writer, the spiritual outdoor yeah. writers that I'm like, I can think of uh, one right now who wrote probably my favorite book, Braiding Sweetgrass, mm. um, Robin Wall Kimmer, the way that she writes about the outdoors. I mean, after I read that book, I saw the world differently. Mm. I, I mean, it shifted me for sure. Um she is part of the indigenous community and talks about the language that they use around the natural world and how, uh, you know, we refer to everything in nature as it, and they personify all of, you know, and how those little things make such a huge difference as to how we see the outside world. And, um, uh, Joanna Macy is another one that she's, I, I just had a lecture with her last night as part of my the eco ministry program that I'm a part of. And I was looking at her and I was like, Ooh, she might be another iteration of my alter ego. She's mm. so, so wonderful. But yeah. Um, those people who help us to see that we are all so deeply connected and help me to understand the importance of, of needing to spread that message to remind ourselves that it's all, we're all connected. I mean, the pandemic, hello. Yeah. We learned that so intimately through the pandemic of like, oh my gosh, we are, it is, we're all connected. It is, it is that powerful. Mm-hmm. So those are, those are the ones. And, and, uh, Lyanda, who you, we just did an episode with her I on just our podcast Ugh, yeah, and her good. book rooted and, and the work that she's doing. So those are the ones that like deeply, deeply move me. Mm-hmm. How about you, Chris? I see you're over there on your computer. Either oh my gosh. I, I think he's trying to find some Frisian or... underwear. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So what were we talking about? What is one of your kitchen unnecessary bucket list adventures? People, what's a bucket list item on kitchen unnecessary? Mm. Hawaii. We want to go spear I think fishing. there's so many. Yeah. Hey, this and one's for me. On a, wild, a wild hog. Mexico would be great. We want to take it international. Be doing what though? I think Louisiana, like duck hunting, foraging mm. Louisiana. Um, Mexico would be great. I don't know exactly specifically, but they have such a like rich history of cooking outside that's mm-hmm. still going on. What do you think, Amy? What's yours? What, what do you want to see? Ooh. Well, I know what I, I know what I want to see. I've been asking Bear Grylls in the Netherlands. Oh, Bear Grylls no. in Friesland. No, I want oh. to see Kitchen Unnecessary, and I'm just going to put this out there, challenge. I want you to go. I want to see Kitchen Unnecessary go on a backpacking trip using, because when you're cooking on a backpacking trip, what you're packing has to be light. It makes you 
Ashley can't different. bring her like six pieces. Different. You can't like, bring all the cast, cast iron. iron. Kill it. Yeah. Mm-mm. That's true. Guys, I got this. I think that's a we great challenge. We just have to challenge. go in like in the fall when mushrooms are out. Just bring a little, you know, it's fine. No. Nope. got this. No. Nope. Yeah. What's your feeling about dehydrating food, Ashley? Yeah. What's my feeling about it? I think it's amazing. I could show you my my shelf of all my powders and mixes and things right, right. now. I mean, it is like, yeah, because that's that's part of the foraging, right? Is that you gather oh. and then you got to preserve it so that you can use it all all year. Yeah. And I mean, I'm all I about it. That's where I am like inspired because when you're thinking of only available ingredients, potentially there, you're either foraging when you get there or along the way, or you have to really put a lot of consideration and thought into what you're bringing because it has Mm -hmm. to be lightweight for your pack. Spice wise, like you're thinking of like, what are the essentials that I should bring, you know, spices, dehydrated things. For that very reason. Yeah. Like dried mushrooms, dried citrus, dried herbs, all these things all in one. Got that. We could go to Shy Shy. We could catch, you know, I bet there's yeah, like fish there's the enchantments. on the rock. Yeah. Oh, so oh, I really want to go to the enchantments, but seaweeds. Oh, we can find so much to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Challenge accepted. Yay. Yay. I think that would be we just awesome. need to find, find the money. Bear girls. If you're listening bear, you want to give us some money? Come through for us, bear. <laughs> Um, okay, so we will wrap this up with two things. One of them, I do a post process, which is where I find a Instagram post oh, that you posted. I love this part of your show. Kitchen unnecessary social media. And then I ask you just to elaborate a little bit. And actually, I found one, and this was this is actually um concurrent with I just listened to the podcast that you guys did with Landa? No, Landa. Landa. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and you were talking about camping alone. Mm -hmm. So I found your post that you did July 9 of 2020. So by the time this comes out, it will have been a year since then. And you will have done this thing. So this was written, uh, Hey friends, Ashley here. I'm gearing up to go on my first solo camping hiking adventure. In the last few years, it occurred to me that the messaging I've received, I've always heard, is that it is unsafe and not smart to be in the outdoors alone as a woman. But I am a highly introverted person who recharges and re-energizes alone and most deeply in the outdoors. So I want to be outside alone. Am I a bit scared? Yes. Am I excited? So much. So much, yes. Women, tell me, have you done this? Why or why not? I'm curious if the messaging I heard was something you also received. How can we make the outdoors feel not just safe for us, but for everybody? So this is what you wrote in your post. Mm -hmm. And since then, you have gone on your alone outdoor camping experience and this is not just for Ashley. Chris, I'd love your perspective on this as well a little bit. But um, Ashley, maybe you could tell us just how did it go? What did you learn? And what would you, as we approach the camping season, and I'm sure you've got camping trips on the plans, what would you do differently this time? Hmm. Oh my gosh. I could uh, talk about those three or four days for hours. The the insights, the inspiration, the, the fuel from the, that time out by myself in the woods will last a lifetime. I had, you know, one of the most transform transformational experiences happened on that trip that, um, another one of those moments, like I was talking about with braiding sweetgrass that, that shifted me deeply I'm getting emotional. Um, <laughs> So it was, it was very, very important. And it was also incredibly freeing um, in my own personal growth to say this, you know, this is, this is what I received. This is what I heard, but damn it, I'm doing it. Mm. Um, and, you know, that post was so just, I don't know if you read the comments, but it was so I incredibly did. encouraging and just fueled me all the more of, of that 
that need to make the outdoors safe and accessible for all, because I'm a, I'm a white woman, you know, it, and it's safe for me in many regards, much, you know, I know I feel safer than, than many other groups of people and and communities. And so that is definitely something that we also, the messaging that we want to make clear with Kitchen Unnecessary too, is just normalizing it and doing what we can to make sure that people feel safe because it's, it's necessary for all of us. And hell yeah, I've got camping on the, on the calendar. Yeah, it is. You know, I came back from that and I was like, absolutely. At least once a year, I have to make that happen because it was so incredible. You know, I I thought about doing backpacking. I thought about, you know, because I I just stayed at a campground and and did hiking and, and stuff from there. But what I'm changing is I'm just going to a different location essentially. And I even thought about not bringing books um, cause I did so much reading there and in my journal and, and just really focusing on just being there and getting to that point. You know, we were talking about this, Amy, just in a personal conversation about like the quiet and the, in the solitude. And that's something that I've really noticed coming out of the pandemic is that it's gotten a lot noisier mm-hmm. as normalcy starts to return. And I require a lot of, um, complete quiet and it's really easy for me to fill it with noise but I think I think I'm still going to bring some books in my journal mm-hmm. and I'm going to go to a campsite because the food element of it is something that I, I want my cast iron skillet I want to so I'll save backpacking for you and me yay I'm going to yeah. do it yes this seems like an obvious question but were you scared were you scared and what were you scared of I mean you know I I was I felt very prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, I slept incredibly well. I, um, I didn't, you know, the, initially I was scared of, yeah, just being a woman yeah, alone makes you yeah. feel very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, you told me something just, like, I think when men go into the woods, like their fear is other predators and women's fear is like of men. Right. In the woods. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was having a conversation with my sister yesterday as I was preparing for this, just talking about that. And we had a big discussion about that of is the idea like, why can't women go? We can, we can do whatever. It's not that feminism thing. It's more of like, no, because we actually fear that predatory nature mm-hmm. of it. Like I fear being alone or being attacked on the trail, you know, not by a bear, by just by being alone and, yeah. you know, sleeping in a tent by yourself and I will say there was a bear sighting on the trail that I was hiking on. So I, I passed some, some guy and he's like, Hey, just to let you know, there's a black bear about, you know, like a half mile up, up the way. Yeah. And I feared bears in that moment. For sure. Well, and- it's like, I have bear spray, but I'm not sure I know how to use it. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, that's when I did, you know, I kept walking for a while, but then I was like, gut check this doesn't feel right. So I'm going to uh, turn around and uh, go back. Well, and even just in your, in your podcast episode, she was speaking of just being smart and being prepared. And, you know, even that preparedness that you can, you know, either you're telling somebody that you're going and they know exactly where you're going, or you're going with another human being, um, whether you're a man or a woman that can, you know, be your lookout person. I got a Jeep. Um, Gabe got me a GPS tracker before. Oh, yes. So I always have that and it's got the yes. emergency. So I feel, I feel pretty safe in that regard. I was thinking, so this, uh, I'm interested just Chris, uh, before we wrap up and, and you get the mystery jar question. Uh-oh. You and I are both Enneagram sevens and I don't know if you function the same way, but I thrive. Enneagram sevens with, with eight wings. Strong, strong eight. Yeah. So I, am most comfortable when I'm around noise and I am doing my best to appreciate white space, silence. I'm really finding myself leaning into that more and, and liking that. But I was, I think I was sharing with Ashley, just the idea of being alone or rather, I think I would prefer going with one other person because I can detach from them and have my aloneness when I want it. But the idea of being alone with my thoughts is like, ah, that's too much alone. Um, And that was like part of the, maybe like one of the barriers or being alone for that big of a length of time. How do you, do you feel (laughs) the same? How do you feel like, have you done, Um, have you gone alone? I haven't gone alone. 
I am drawn to that idea because it's a challenge, but I right. don't see it as something that I need to do. I, I agree. I think I, I always miss, like, if I don't have my kids or someone around me, like, to share an experience, yeah. I don't tend to enjoy it as much. I don't like hanging out on the beach and reading a book and having vacations. I always have to, like, keep busy with something. Yeah. So if I was alone, I would just be, like, scrambling around, climbing up things and, you know, things that would occupy me right. that way. Yeah. I, I, but I'm totally drawn to, like, oh, yeah, I want to see if I can do that. Like, I like the idea of, like, pushing myself in uncomfortable spaces. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'm not. I am the like, same. Yeah. Sitting and reading for hours on end. Yeah. Doesn't like, like get me super excited. We would be, we would be those people bugging Ashley who's trying yeah. to get alone time. And we're like, hi. My <laughs> wife is very much like Ashley <laughs> and be this. like, oh yeah. Like her, for her birthday, you know, she goes to a monastery where she's completely right. alone for yeah. days. And I'm just like, okay have fun alone with us. and now like we have when we go on vacation or something like i'm gonna hang out on the beach and read and i was like okay i'm gonna like run around and go find something to climb or right yeah that's literally what he did we we did a family a joint family trip to uh yellowstone last year and like deb and gabe and i and all the kids you know playing in the river and deb and gabe and i just plop our chairs open up a beer we're just sitting in the river and just like this is the best and chris did that for about five minutes before he like literally was scaling you know like come on kids let's go and he found like a bone you know like an animal graveyard yeah yeah we found like a wolf stockpile of bones it was awesome well jake and i were talking about it he was like you know Amy, I, th- I I don't think that would be so bad for you because, you know, w- if you were to go alone, there's so much activity, which you would appreciate, right? You're constantly hiking, you're seeing yeah. new people, you're doing things. And I was like, that's not the part that I would be afraid of. It's the part where I'm in the tent at night alone. I zip it up and then I'm alone with only myself doing nothing. And yeah. you're in that white space place. And then you're like, maybe we should just do that, Amy. And then we can come and report back. Was it terrible? Was it good? Was it valuable? Did I just throw down another challenge? I think we just threw down a challenge. I think think so. I like a good challenge. Okay. Answer this quick mystery jar question. It was written by either a six, an eight or a 10 year old or an 11 year old. Oh, oh my gosh. This is classic for you. Written by my children. Do you do your part stink? Do you pee in the shower? This is for you. Oh yeah. Absolutely. The answer is absolutely. I also, I can't remember the last time I've done that, but I remember doing it. But yes, absolutely. Of course. So, you, so you're saying you do not do it as a- uh, No, I'm, I've done it as an adult. I just can't remember when. Okay. Thank you, Ollie. That was a great question. Yes. Uh, it was my favorite question <laughs> of this whole thing. Favorite question. <laughs> Why doesn't Ashley get to answer that question? I'm oh. really curious now. Do women pee in the shower? Ashley, you purposely saved that one just for Chris. I, I yes, oh. I pee in the shower. I pee in the shower. A, yeah, I absolutely pee in the shower as yes. an adult. Okay. On a very, okay. I brush hey. my brush my teeth in the shower. I pee. It's very freeing. Great, you guys. I'm okay. not going to look at you Something any differently for. now. This podcast is all about bringing the truth, and thank you for okay. answering honestly. I also sometimes go to bed without brushing my teeth. Okay. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. People who say that they don't are lying. Uh, well, I can't say I didn't warn you. I did tell you it was going to get a little silly and crazy. And as is what happens when you have two siblings on, things get real, real. (laughs) That was so much fun. What a wonderful conversation. It was so great to really hear this heart and the journey that they're going on for bringing the outdoors to us. It's not tricky. It's not difficult. It's very easily accessible, and Ashley's heart has always been to bring people around the table, whether that's inside, around a table, or outside at an outdoor campfire. And as you may have heard, there is a Kitchen Unnecessary podcast that they have, another opportunity for them to share incredible stories of people doing amazing things in the outdoor world, from skills to food, they've got it all definitely give it a listen. And I highly encourage you to join us for our Instagram live series called We The Makers. Ashley is going to join us on August 4 to share more of her new book and the difference between Not Without Salt 
and Kitchen Unnecessary as a creative and as an author. So much of herself is poured out into these two endeavors. Listen in on how she defines the two. And I'm sure we'll end up talking about Freedom Movement, which is coming up on August 10. I am so thrilled to have Ashley on board again as a collaborator. She's going to be foraging some food and clicking over the fire and doing some bites, giving us a little bit more information about her book and the things that have moved her in this last year. If you're local to Seattle, I highly recommend going to check it out. You can find all the information on www.wearesocialcreative.com. I'll have a link and all the information about Kitchen Unnecessary and Ashley and Chris in the show notes. Thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. Thank you so much for laughing along when we were talking about, uh, did that get said, peeing in the shower? What a fun way to end that episode. All thanks to my son and his truth bomb question. Thanks for joining. I look forward to so many more opportunities of conversation and fellowship. We've got lots of fun episodes in the works and being brainstormed right now. So if you have any ideas, shoot me an email. You can get a hold of me on my website or on my Instagram at Social Creative Workshops. As always, thanks for being a part of this conversation. 